Hey everybody, Josh Loftus here. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up that we recorded this episode live, meaning that we were actually in the same room together and we had a little bit of mic trouble. You're going to hear some audio peaking, some distortion. Um, I know it happened. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I just didn't figure out how to make the mic work the way that I wanted. So sorry about that. Please don't send me a bunch of emails and tweets saying that my audio sucks. I know it does. I'm sorry. I apologize. Won't happen again. Please forgive me. And on with the show. I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or the creator of the electric pour-over coffee maker, you know, they just wanted to be hipster, but they were just a little too lazy. Uh, This podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday Monday. And in the studio with me live... And I mean live, we are literally sitting right across from each other, is a very special guest. He's the director of the Damascus House in Bothell, Washington. He's a husband and a father of the three cutest kids you will ever see in your life. My friend, Mr. Kevin Hurley. Kevin, how are you doing today? Oh, absolutely amazing. Thanks, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. So, Kevin... Uh, before we get going here, man, give us a short bio of who you are and what you do for a living. Okay. I am the director of the Damascus house. Like you, like you just said, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I have the privilege of helping lost and hurting men, uh, fight their addiction Mm -hmm. through the power of Christ. So I'm very blessed in that way. Um, it's a, it's an amazing, uh, you know, opportunity to, to serve God in that capacity. So right. yeah, I, like you said, I, I'm married, uh, it's going on uh, five years now, All just right. had our five year anniversary, get three beautiful children and yeah, yeah man, life's amazing right now. Yeah. It, it is, uh, compared to how it was, uh, you know, um, I came to Lord, uh, about seven years ago when I was 36 years old, uh, just, uh, uh, hopeless drug addict, you know, um, wow. started, uh, you know, I was in the Navy, uh, grew up, um, you know, normal family, mom, dad, uh, loved me. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, they grew up Catholic, but never really kind of served. Uh, okay. All right. you know, so they were bad Catholics, right? bad yeah, Catholics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad was an altar boy, you know, uh, did all that thing. And, uh, in fact, even when uh, I, I was going into the Navy, you know, you know, I'm signing the papers. I was 17 years old when I signed, uh, you know, my papers to go into wow. the Navy. And okay. I, my dad was right there. And they asked, like, you know, about my dog tags. What what religion do you want on your dog tags? And I'm like, I don't even know. My dad's, without even question, he's like, oh, he's Roman Catholic. I'm like, I guess I'm Roman Catholic. I guess, I guess that's what we're so going to RC with, yeah. was on my dog tags. Uh, okay. You know, so, and really didn't know what that meant. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. how I, I grew up. But re- real quick, after the Navy, I, you know, I had the best time in my life, 18 to 22 years old, and uh, got out of the Navy and just kind of drifted back into my old friends that were still doing the same thing. And, Instead of uh, smoking weed, they were doing harder stuff, and I kind of, oh, okay. kind of trickled into that. And uh, you know, next thing I know, it just snowballed, and uh, uh, fifteen year, you know, um, 
life just ruled by drugs and sure. you know alcohol. But you know, by the grace of God, I had uh, an aunt that was devoted to prayer for me and you know all our family members and was actually you know visited a church um, in Port Orchard. Uh, you know, Christ the Rock, where they had the mission house, and she just wrote down the director's name. They they went to this church function, and they had a an awareness night, and uh, really just wrote down Lyle Skillman's name. And yeah, yeah. They, she had talked to him, and he, and he even said he has to be ready. Like uh, right. this ha- can't be for you. This can't be for family members. He has to come to that point. And right, really, nine months later. Uh, you know, I was in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the you know the worst place my addiction had taken me. I was on a, uh, I guess a four day crack binge and okay. uh, living at home. To, you know, I had nowhere else to to go and right. in and out of rehabs. Nothing was working. I go back right back to it, and I just kept repeating this prayer. You know, and I, I remember, you know, repeating this prayer over and over again. Just tears in my eyes, and I said. God, I cannot do this anymore. If you're real, I need you. This is where I had a supernatural experience where Mm -hmm. I just felt this warmth wash over me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, even in my, I can remember like it was yesterday. I mean, what is going on with me right now? And I just raised up, got off my knees and opened the door. And it was like this force pushing me downstairs. And I just went to my mom and... And I said, I'm an addict. I need help. I I don't know what to do. I, I need help. Yeah. And it, of course, my mom's burst into tears. She pulls out this this uh, this name. It was Lyle Skillman. And she's like, you need to call this guy. And, uh, you know, um, the rest is history. I, I, I went to the program. Uh, six months. It was a discipleship program. Okay. And uh, fell in love with Jesus, you know. And, and I just remember my prayer. Like, Lord... I don't know what my next steps are because I, you know, I was doing construction, odd jobs, you sure. know, right. I became the house manager, uh, became real good friends with Lyle and uh, then eventually, you know, went out into the workforce for uh, about a year and a half, uh, yeah. uh, climbing cell phone towers and just kind of figure life out. And, uh, you know, um, there's an opportunity about a year and a half later to be an intern. Um mm-hmm under that director and the the stars aligned god provided a way and and we opened up here in uh bothell with uh, under under uh, canyon hills which that church just supports us like nobody's business and and the whole process i met my wife um six years ago now and yeah three kids later three kids later ministry and it's it's wonderful i couldn't ask for you know, a better, uh, outcome of, you know, from where I was a hopeless drug addict to save by grace. And right. it's right. just amazing. You know, it's such a testimony, obviously to the grace and the transformation of the gospel. There's nothing more exciting mm. than to see lives and you're in it right now. I grew yeah. up in it, seeing the lives go the turn the 180. Yeah. Right. And the only thing that can do that is the gospel. Right. Absolutely. So, so six years later, three kids, three kids later, you're the director of the Damascus house. It's a residential counseling facility. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just real quick before, before we go into kind of the main topics of the podcast, just, just give us just a really quick synopsis of your approach and philosophy of counseling. 
Okay. So, so biblical counseling is what you guys do, or or yep. uh, give us just kind of how is that different from the I guess quote unquote like regular or 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 psychological counseling that 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 some will get if they go to like a treatment center. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I can speak to this because I've been to secular counts, uh, you know, programs, drug yep. counseling. Part of my testimony going into this program at 36 years old. I'm 43 now. Seven years ago, I had never opened a Bible. I didn't, you know, I didn't know who King David was. I didn't know any of the Bible stories just from, you know, sure. you know, um, normal stuff you hear. But I certainly didn't know anything. And once, you know, we would open up the Bible every morning. And, you know, my prayer was, Lord, just help me understand. I don't, I don't, you know. Because some, some of the guys grew up in the church and, you know, the guys I, I was in the program with and, you know, I, I found it a struggle at first, but then once I realized, you know, God's got me here and he, he's He's drawing me into himself, mm-hmm. I started studying the Bible and, you know, even, um, you know, I've done the the NA, the AA for years before this and then in and out, uh, in out patient uh, mm-hmm. programs, medical facilities right. and, and uh what I, I learned there is that there was no hope. Hmm. There was no hope. Like you're, you're always an addict. You, you're an addict. You will always be an addict. Yeah. And that was very, you know, once I came to the mission house, it was very con- contradictory to, to what they teach, right. you know? And one of the verses that really captured my heart and gave me hope was first uh, Corinthians six, you know, that nine through 11, where it goes through, you know, uh, all the the sins and what your you know um, people of the world label you as, whether right. it's a drunkard, a homosexual, this that, uh, and but such what, were there, yeah, were some of you such were Past some, tense. but you were right. washed, you were justified, you were sanctified by yep. the Spirit of our Lord and our God. So exactly, amen. That I'm like, yep. well, that breaks the heat. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm an addict. Right. You know, like, hi, no. Kevin. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, so yeah. I found great hope. And, you know, if you're trying to to beat drugs and alcohol alone and those programs, uh, you know, they can be helpful, uh, but they, they don't have any gospel truth in them. And right. there's there's uh, no hope. In fact, I think we just researched it uh, in a five year span. There's uh, less than two percent success rate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not you know, we don't go by numbers here because sure, uh, sure. one thing I'll say is. Well, we're 100% successful because we preach the word of God and we're spreading seed. We're doing what God has called us to do. Right. So, uh, you know, basically, you know, we all have a sinful heart and it's yeah. just coming to that realization that our hearts are sick and, and desperately in need of Jesus. And that's what we right. just try to point guys to. And- yeah. Yeah. Well, and it really does come down to also the how deep do you believe the gospel goes? Yeah. Right. Right. How 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 effective do you believe the blood of Christ actually is? If somebody has an addiction or they're struggling with depression, struggling with anger, pornography, something like that, that is at the core a heart issue. And we believe and I I think any Christian would agree that the only thing that can change the heart is the gospel. Right. But that biblical counseling applies that. It's like, no, the gospel is truly the only thing. If you want true and lasting change instead of just behavior modification, because, I mean, what is it? What good is it to just make somebody behave different Mm -hmm. if 
when they die, they, they go to hell. Yeah. Right. Right. And what biblical counseling does and is, is it gets to the root, like you said, of the heart is deceitful. It needs a change. There needs to be a heart transplant there. And the only thing that does that is the gospel, yeah. right? Which is why biblical counseling has as its focus, the word of God, the gospel. This is the only thing that's going to bring change. Absolutely. Right. right. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're nerding out on biblical counseling here. That's yeah, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. We're that's about, all I know. Really. We're about, shifting gears a little bit into uh, serving in church. Right? Uh-huh. You're active in, in serving in church. You go to Canyon Hills yes. uh, in Bothell, Washington, right? We had uh, uh, Ben Marshall on the podcast a while ago, uh, one of the pastors there. Um, when you think about Canyon Hills, what is one aspect of Canyon Hills that you really, really value, you really, really appreciate? Oh, man, where do I start? Uh, they just have a heart for hurting people. They have a heart for... First of all, their, their mission uh, is to make more and better disciples. Mm-hmm. So to train people up, um, and being in a, in a larger church, there's many opportunities to serve. So there's so many places, whether, whether it's uh, you know making coffee, ushering, uh, working on the fit team, um, you know, in the parking lots, directing traffic, but their heart behind missions um, is huge sending uh sending people out to all the nations you know um the heart behind what we're called to do you know and if you're not able to go on you know trips i'm going to india later in november and um really looking forward to it but they have teams that pray for the teams that you know so there's always something to do and then and they're always encouraging people. Uh, and my wife and I, um, we took a little break, but we're getting back into working at the nursery uh, just because, you know, we have small children and, and every little <laughs> bit helps. Got to pay your dues, right? Yeah, yeah man. And, uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, uh, man, if if you're not tested by being in a room with about 20 little two-year-olds, you know, that's where, you know, that's How where, sanctified am I? Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's so awesome, man. So many cool things to do there. No, that's and awesome. really that church is just so awesome and, and encouraging to, to help uh, encourage you to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And when you, um, obviously coming to Christ, uh, you know, somewhat relatively recently, when you think about your life before Christ and your life after Christ, how has your view of work and service, uh, both in the regular workforce and also in, in, in church, how, how has that changed? How has your view of what work and service and, and giving of your time, how has that changed from when you were without Christ to now? Yeah, definitely. I, I I did the minimal uh, before Christ. Mm-hmm. I just trying to survive, and I actually thought I was a, a decent guy before. <laughs> hey, I'm a, a a good guy with just really really bad habits. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, after coming to Christ and realizing He's the only good. You know, the only good He gives us is what He is, yeah. what's what's in Him, uh, but the way I've responded to that is, you know, you give without getting tired. You never getting tired of doing good. And you're never done with a ministry, whether it's your home, uh, serving your wife and your kids, Mm -hmm. that's your first priority, uh, you know, under Christ. Right. Uh, Right. It's exhausting. We're, we're messy people, you know, uh, 
but to get in the trenches, uh, you know, and it is, you know, I, I deal with a lot of crying moms, crying family members. As long as you're just giving God the glory and, and relying on his strength, I think that's a good balance and just, uh, you know, really setting your mind on the things above, not, not on the temp temporal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what would you say to the person that comes up to you and says, Kevin, I am, I am tired. I am very weary. And, Uh and, and I don't know if the service that I'm doing here in church is worthwhile. I don't see the value in it. How Um, would you, how would you go about you know, counseling or, uh, and, and, and encouraging that person that, that perhaps is in that, that specific trench. I would uh, probably direct him to the book of Job. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we're, we're, in, it is, it's, it's, it's tiring. Uh, I, I was talking to a guy last night that um, asked, asked me that same question, you know, uh, so man, I just feel that my efforts aren't going anywhere. And I'm like, whoa, you know, as long as you're representing the gospel and you're an ambassador for Christ, it doesn't come back void. You may not see it in your lifetime, but oh, when yeah. we cross heaven, you might see that family right. waiting for you or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And I really like what you said about you. You might not see it in your lifetime. You may not see how your service and how your faithfulness in serving those around you. You might not see the effects of that, but you need to know and remember that none of that is returning void. That if you are doing it for the sake of the gospel and the gospel is central in your life and you are being faithful to show Christ to your church, to those around you, to your the people that you work with, to your family, that in and of itself is exactly what we should be doing. Right. And that's the mentality that, that we should be having. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just a couple of beggars showing other beggars where to find Absolutely. bread. Right. Right. And yeah. I love that. I think I've said that before. I love, I love that phrase. Um, and <clears throat> when you think about other, other beggars that you have worked with, other Christians, either that you have read, listened to, or that it are, are in your life right now, when you think about those Christians that inspire you to follow Christ more fervently than you do now. And we all have those individuals that we look at and we're like, man, who are those people? And what are the traits that they possess that you see in them that, that, that cause that desire in you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, what I admire about mentors of mine, uh, guys who've been walking a lot longer than I have is just this, this peace and quietness about them. And, uh, because I'm an emotional guy. This is sure, an emotional sure, sure, yeah. ministry. And yeah, yeah. I, you very, know, I, I tend so. to fly off the handle, at, you know, with my guys just because, you know, it's just so emotional and the ups and downs. And I just see guys and, you know, I, I question my, like, why am I reacting like this? And, and men that I see that I really respect and they can handle hard situations without losing their cool, mm-hmm. uh, being very, uh, you know, have a soft temper, um, but yet re- really being able to process the situation before reacting. And, you know, I, I'm a, a reaction guy and, you know, sure. sometimes, you know, I, my old mentor would say, you know, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. We have to listen, <laughs> listen before, twice as much as we talk. Right? Yeah, truly, <laughs> yep. truly what, you know, and I heard this, uh, I think Oliver told me this, uh, there are guys 
who have something to say. Yeah. And there's guys that just have to say something, you know. <laughs> so I fall. That is awesome. You know, so that's awesome. Choosing your words. I have no clue where I fall on that. That's bad. <laughs> choosing your words wisely. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So shifting gears a little bit. Um, obviously, in this type of ministry, as we both know, you uh, you accumulate some interesting stories. You, some interesting things happen. Um, not. All uh, most of which uh, we can't talk about for sure, um, but without obviously divulging anything um, uh, you know pertinent or important or, or vital, uh, get share with us one of the most unforgettable experiences, one of the funniest or most just just unforgettable moments that you have had serving here. You know, I like you said, I have several. Yeah, um, I figured you know, uh, there's. If I could share two, go for okay. it. Go for it. Go for it. One, yeah. uh, when I was the uh, associate director at, at the Mission House, uh, we had a gentleman. Uh, I don't know, backed the truck into the gar- garage, and then this garage was uh, this metal corrugated, so it, it dented in. Yeah. And uh, so we had all these guys trying to, you know, fix this, you know, push push out the uh, the wall to, you know, make it nice. Well, one of the other guys went inside to try to, you know, and this is uh, metal overlapping metal on okay. the side of this garage. And one of the guy's pinkies were sticking out. And the other guy just trying to bank, took a sledgehammer and hit the oh. wall, sheared the tip of his pinky off. Oh, and it was oh, this, oh, uh, yeah. Just the a guy's bath after that. Yeah, screaming in pain. And, uh, his pinky's on the on the ground, and you know it was too late. Uh, you know, by the time we got to the house, it was too late to kind of repair the pinky. But the guy wanted to hold, you know, to have the pinky. He, this guy's a little, you know, um, a little crazy. Okay. Uh, All right. But he wrapped up the pinky and kept it in the freezer. Nobody knew what had he had done this. And you know, he told a couple people about it, and then the so direct- his, his pinky is just in the in the freezer. In the freezer. He just wanted oh, to keep his pinky. Man. And yeah, okay. I think he had a name for it. Um, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, once the director got hold of it, he's all, what, what is, they were cleaning out the fridge. Yeah. What is this? Oh, that's, uh, that's this guy's pinky. And get that out of here, you know? <laughs> Throw it out of there. And once the guy found out he was irate, you know, he, you threw away my pinky and it was, uh, it was my pinky. It was my it was pinky, mine. and it's not yours. You had no <laughs> business throwing my yours, pinky away. It's mine. And, and this had been there like I don't know uh, several months. And by the time, yeah, there was some. He, he eventually his heart was so hardened by this whole event that he tried to sue the ministry. It all got taken care of. Um, by the way, if anyone wants to start a ministry, make sure you have a, a good lawyer that writes a hold harmless clause that will that will save you from events. Save like you this. from getting but, sued for loss of pinky. But you know, uh, and that's just—I mean, I we've had so many crazy stories. Not so much losing a pinky, but just with uh, putting off old life and coming into all right. How do I live for Jesus? Uh, but there is, you know, the second story uh is more uh you know my situation okay all right uh going to a uh it was a a pastor meeting a staff pastor and director meeting and i came a little bit late and uh mind you i 
I used to be this construction worker, you know, drug addict, and now, right. hey, I'm I'm in meetings with with pastors, being, you know, right. st- devoting their lives to studying God's word, and just uh, so I, I get to the meeting a little late, and one of the things we were, you know, kind of talking about is, you know, growing the church and how to facilitate because our our church has been been growing uh, year after year, and how how do we facilitate it? So they. St- you know, they were talking about they had sent a crew down to a you know a church in Arizona that I know very well. That um, it's this big church. I don't. I won't say the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were describing going to this church just to see how they operated, just to get notes. And I knew exactly what church they were going to. And I, you know, in my addiction before I knew Christ, I would go to this church say, "Hey, you know, you need Christ. Go to this." And I'm like, you know, I would go to this church and. Uh, huge church, you know, uh, and I would go week after week after week trying to, you know, hear the gospel or what, what's, mm-hmm. you know, how is this going to help me? And time after time they would, you know, their main focus was tithing. And, you know, I just like, <laughs> you know, and, and, Hey, I'm a tithe at your church. I'm yes, not saying yes, yes. Yep. but it, it is was a good thing to do. It is. Yeah. But uh, but it can be overdone you in, know, in a sermon series. <laughs> what what did it for me is they had this video and you oh know, they brought video out for it. Video no uh, right. my last time at this church yeah. and uh, they were showing a family that was on welfare and barely could make end meet and. Uh, how they had tied their welfare check, you know, and I'm like, Whoa. and I'm like, here I am this, you know, okay. This just puts this church in a brand new category. Yeah. In my head now. And okay. they had this thermometer on, on the stage. Like, look, if we hit this, you know, uh, oh my you know, we need to reach this goal. And, and just to describe that, I mean, this place had waterfalls, uh, uh, a diner. It looked like a, a college campus going on it was, okay. it was beautiful they had okay. bouncy houses all over oh wow you know all um right. watered down gospel and every yeah. you know, it was like week after week i'm just this hurting guy looking for jesus and right anyway so they're definitely describing this church okay and and my heart stirred up and you know i don't know if it at the time <laughs> looking back it's like kevin don't open your mouth but at the time you had something to say i had something to say (laughs) no uh so i'm like please please you know don't get your your uh you know your example from the way they run uh i'm like i you know kind of described how i'd go to this week after week and uh, you know they just wanted they just wanted your money. That's what my impression was and i could be wrong i'm just where i was at that time in my life and I'm like, 19 out of the 20 times I went, they talked about tithing. And then the whole, all the pastors erupted in laughter. And I'm like, oh, what did I say? And then Pastor Steve goes, uh, Kevin, uh, you just you came in a little late. Uh, my next sermon series was going to be on tithing. <laughs> you know, like, and everyone was just oh, laughing. No. And I just felt like I was beat red. And I'm like... I learned right now then that maybe I shouldn't say everything that comes to mind. So hey, Kevin, we have uh, we have come to the end of our podcast here, man. We have talked about tons of different stuff, mostly biblical counseling, but that's okay because yeah. that's that's what we love. It is time now for the Monday hot takes, 
and this is where I ask you a bunch of random questions, and you give me the first thing that pops into your head. All right. You, you ready for these? <laughs> Are you ready? I don't know. I'm scared. Well, well you know, I, yeah, I'm... Uh... Okay. We'll see. Uh, you can edit, right? Oh, oh, yeah. No, I can edit whatever. But I, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. depending on how on how good it is, you okay. know, I don't know. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Kevin. Favorite movie? Mm, I have so many. Um, favorite movie? There, there's definitely a top five, but I would say. All right, give us one of your top five. I love The Wizard of Oz. It's a classic. Really? Yes. I would not have pegged you for oh, that. All right. That's this amazing. is a, a guilty pleasure. Grease, uh, the first, yeah, yeah. My mom, they used to, they, you know, I mean, is I, this constrict had enough construction worker watching Grease? Yeah, well, I was a kid when it came out. I, they would, I would, my dad smoked for a lot. Okay. Uh, they would roll up his marbles, my T-shirt, and I'd do, my mom would do my hair with the little, you know, John Travolta thing. Oh my and, goodness! There's got to be a picture of this running around. I'm sure there is. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I would, I would know all the songs, and I would dance, and you that's know, amazing. Um, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. All right, all right. Honest question: Do you ever sing any Grease songs to Stephanie, your wife? <laughs> I sing, but do you ever uh, give your hair a little curl for her? Oh you know, yeah, you know, oh yeah. Hey, hey Stephanie. Well, that and Elvis. I'm, I'm a big a... Elvis fan, and you know, God has not blessed me with the with an angelic voice, but that has not stopped me. Um, but summer nights, you know, I'm not oh, really yeah. breaking the song. Uh, yeah. I would sing that. Oh, Awella, Awella, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, oh man. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. All right. Uh, favorite theologian? Well, I'm a I'm a huge MacArthur fan. All right, look and at you, Johnny Mac. Yeah, Johnny All Mac. Right. I had never like heard preaching like that. You know, I listen. He's very to gifted. Podcast, yeah. uh, you know, and of course R.C. Sproul. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do uh, we do a you know a study here, the holiness of God, and yeah, really fantastic. Understanding the character of God, once once you start understanding who God is, it's it's easier to right surrender to who He is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that's listening, R.C. Sproul's "The Holiness of God" can't recommend it high enough. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, favorite food? Ooh, uh, man, I grew up, you know, Italian family, Italian yeah. Irish family. You know, anything with uh, spaghetti. Or a meat meat sauce, yeah, uh, not a meat you know, sauce, lasagna, but uh, yeah, my ho- mom's home cooking. My wife's a great cook too. Meatloaf, she makes killer meatloaf. All right, uh, so, all right. Uh, least favorite food. Least favorite food. I there's not a whole lot I don't like, man. Really, I'm pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, right. I guess just ultra spicy food. Like I like spicy food, but if it's you know, if it's to the point where you need to wear rubber gloves, I've been at these eating <laughs> contests with my friends that they give you rubber gloves to have these. You and know. don't touch your face. There but you ha- yeah, if you can't even touch it, why should it be going in your body? <laughs> that's, so that's a um, fair. That is a fair question. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should so be really asking those too spicy more. of food. I, I don't. I don't really like that. All right. Uh, favorite vacation place. Vacation, man. Uh, you know it. I would have to say Hawaii. Just we had a oh, friend yeah. that uh, a couple of years ago that lived there, and I just love the ocean. That's why I went in mm-hmm. the navy. I just loved being on the water, and uh, it's just such a tropical place. I couldn't live there though because 
you know, uh, kind of too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah know, it's like too much it, ice cream. Yeah. yeah. It, oh yeah, <laughs> ice cream's a that should be on the top of my, <laughs> there my you favorite go. food. But yeah, man. Um, and when I was in the Navy, I got to got a chance to go to Australia, and uh, oh, cool. that was a really cool experience. So. Very cool. Nuts and cookies, yes or no? Yeah. Oh, Kevin. Oh, oh no? Oh, no. Oh, man, I oh, like Kevin. Oh, a little walnut. Oh. Uh, oh. Walnut raisin. Oh, man. Raisins? Kevin. Oh, are we? No. Are we? Oh, we are are disunified here, man. That is bad. Hills to die on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts is like, okay, that's that's a no. Raisins. I've said this before. Raisins and cookies are the reason I have trust issues. (laughs) It's because they look like chocolate chips. I'm pretty sure that's on a shirt somewhere. I've stolen that. That's funny. Oh, man. Uh, What's the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? Best Christmas present. My wife, well, the, that was a birthday present, but she got me an ESV Bible that I really We'll loved. count it. Yeah, we'll yeah. count it. You know. my, wife, my wife's very thoughtful in her gifts. Yeah. So, cool. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. That's awesome. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh. <laughs> Something from Greece. Suspicious Minds. I, oh, I didn't even have to right. think about Suspicious that one. Suspicious Minds. It, it's okay. one of the only songs I think I, I know all the words to, <laughs> and... Uh, Oh man, I I did this one where uh, I think this was before Christ, so I might have had a, a couple of drinks in me, but it gave me the courage, <laughs> and I did the whole windmill. Uh, oh man! The, I had the I think the waitress uh, brought a towel and wiped my forehead off after you know. Wow! It, I had a lot of crowd participation, and you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I well, your crowd favorite it, man. That's what you got to do, right? I, you got to yeah. hype the crowd up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. All right. All right. Well, we agree on that one. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever been given? <laughs> uh, I think it was back to that, uh, you know, listen first. <laughs> yeah, two ears, one mouth. <laughs> two right? ears, one mouth. Definitely. Yeah. Um, still working on it. All right. And Kevin, when you get into heaven, uh, other than Christ, of course, uh-huh. who is the first person that you are running to go see and meet Ooh, or uh, see again man i think um i'm just excited to see who's gonna be there you know you always hear well, well people you, they, you yeah. don't think are gonna be there and people you thought were gonna be there aren't gonna be there uh yeah. but i would have to say you know um there's so many bible uh you know people in the bible that i would like to talk to but i would have to say uh George Mueller was very, oh yeah, yeah, you know, the uh, orphanage, yeah, and just yep. you know talking to him about that faith, man. Well, hey Kevin, we have come to the end, man. It's been a blast. Hey. I appreciate you, yeah, I appreciate you being on with me today, man. Yeah, thank you, man. This is awesome. Yep, yep, a lot of fun. So, hey everyone, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a raving review and a five star rating if you don't mind. We appreciate those. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We are there. You can head on over to facebook.com slash everyday a Monday podcast. My thanks again to Kevin Hurley for being on the podcast with us. Thanks for joining us in the trenches today, and we'll catch you on the next step of Every Day a Monday.